Dad on Money is presented by the small business accountants and financial advisors. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Dad on Money. I'm your host, Stephen Williams, and I'm co-hosted by a rotating cast of my children, each with their own financial goals and situations. Today, I am joined by Jerrica. Say hi, Jerrica. Hi, I'm Jerrica. I am a college graduate, currently a stay-at-home mom, and I love interior design. Uh, Today, we are talking about the benefits of buying an existing home versus building a home. Hey guys, Steven here, just popping in to remind you that Dad on Money is brought to you by the Small Business Accountants and Small Business Financial Advisors. For all your accounting and financial advising needs, our small business is here to help you. So continuing from our previous episode that we did together, we wanted to explore the differences between buying new or building um, versus buying an existing home. Um, We both happen to be more or less building a house right now, (laughs) kind of in the waiting process, I guess. Um, But my dad obviously has experience buying an existing home and I have experience half buying an existing home. More on that later in the episode. So we are going to chat about, yeah, whether, you know, what are the pros and cons with building a house or just buying an existing home? So what are your questions? Okay. So my first question, I guess, is we've got to look at the housing market. At what point in the housing market do you want to be building a new house versus buying an existing one? Because usually buying an existing house is going to be cheaper than buying or building a home, right? Generally speaking, yes. But you also have to factor in all the things surrounding buying an existing versus buying or building a new house, mm-hmm. right? There's there's pros and cons on both sides of that. And it really, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. where the housing market is because if if the housing market is a seller's market, guess what? It's going to cost more to build a house, just like it's going to cost more to buy a house. But if it's a buyer's market, well, it's going to be cheap to build a house and it's also going to be cheap to buy a house. So there's no real, you know, unless you happen to catch it just before a seller's market where you're building Mm -hmm. at the, you know, kind of back end of a, of a buyer's market, because then you're going to solidify the price of your home, building your home at a certain price and say, yeah, this is what we're going to build this home for. And then three months later, because they're still building your house, all of a sudden it becomes a seller's market. Well, your house just went up in value right then and there. So mm-hmm. really, but you can't time that sadly. Right. Like, <laughs> You You don't have a magic crystal ball. (laughs) Unless you know that Amazon is going to be building a warehouse in your neighborhood and going to be employing 10,000 people, you know, you just don't, you you just won't know, right? And so, or any other big, you know, corporation that might come to have a lot of employment. Mm -hmm. So you really need to, you just have to, when it comes to, building versus an existing house, yeah, you just have to look at what the pros and cons are, right? You know, with an existing house, you're going to have 
somebody else's design, if you will, whether it's paint color, whether it's flooring, whether it's, you know, the, the type of air conditioner or furnace or, you know, all those things are all going to be selected for you. So when you go in, you generally have to be happy with somebody, what somebody else has picked, you know, what are the, the cabinets look like? What does the countertop look like? You know, all those types of things. So would you have picked that tile in the bathroom or would you not have, right? Or are you happy with that? Or are you not happy with that? So you really got to look at all those little things and go, okay, so there's this house for this price that's existing, which we can move into now, or we can go and build and it's going to cost about relatively the same to get into this house. But now we can pick our flooring, our wall colors, our countertops, our cupboards, all that stuff. We can now pick and have it exactly the way we want it. Or even the design of it. Oh, we want this wall moved a little bit or this or that. Whereas if you buy an existing home, then you have to do it. Like for... One of the other kids, I just helped them put in a sliding door into, they made one of the bedrooms into a, like a boot room and a back door to exit out into their backyard. You know, so we put in a sliding door on the weekend because, you know, they bought it less expensive a few years ago and they're doing a whole bunch of renos. They, you know, they've done, developed the basement, they've, you know, changed the one bedroom that was upstairs because it was a two bedroom bungalow. They changed the one bedroom into like a, a boot room with a, um, sliding doors on it to go right into the back of the yard. Cause otherwise it was always that from the side yard, they'd be going to the backyard, which was this narrow little passageway. And so that's what they wanted to do. And so they've, you know, saved up money to do that. And so, you know, they're enjoying that and they're loving the light that's coming through in the back. And so you have to be prepared for those types of things and what those are going to cost. Okay. Now, when you're building a house though, what is not factored in when people do their comparisons is all the outside mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the grass, the fence, the trees, the bushes, whatever. Yeah. Right. Whereas if you bought an existing house, you might have a, you know, 10-year-old oak mm -hmm. tree already. Well, you're not going to have a 10-year-old oak tree in your new yard unless you're going to buy a 10-year-old oak tree, which is going to be super expensive. Well, and you can get lucky in some neighborhoods where they build the house. I mean, you'd have to have a big enough yard. But sometimes they do build homes around the trees. But yes, that is definitely <laughs> something that... Um, you're probably missing out on when you build as the landscaping. Yeah. Most, most subdivisions, yeah. if you're building in a city in a subdivision, they just plow everything. Like they don't care about any tree because it's going to be in the way somewhere, somehow it just, everything disappears. It's just dirt. So, you know, so really when you're looking at that, you really have to compare those things because you're not comparing apples and apples. You're comparing apples and oranges. And so, you know, over here you get something brand new, which isn't necessarily awesome either. Because even when it's brand new, 
there's settling of the dirt, depending on how much digging that they had to do, right? And so you want to make sure that your foundation, your basement, whatever is is being put in, that, you know, things are packed properly because, you know, you don't want to run into issues with that later. Whereas on the other side, if you've bought existing, you already know that it's already, you know, it's already settled to where it's going to be if it's, you know, five plus years old. It's settled in. So yeah, there's going to be a few cracks, say in the basement floor, or, you know, the house may have shifted a little bit. Maybe there's cracks in the in the drywall between the walls and the ceilings or something like that. But you know that going in and that it's probably not going to get any worse. But when you're buying brand new, like really, especially if it's a seller's market, you got to be on top of the builder because you can walk into your house. And I know I've done this when I've built a house before. And it's like, what is that? And they're like, oh yeah, that's for this. And it's like, no, 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 no. That is not what that's supposed to be. And so, you know, a lot of times they just do stuff because that's what they've done on the other 20 houses. And, you know, you have to make sure that you're getting what you've actually paid for. Hey guys, Stephen here. Just popping in to remind you that Dad on Money is brought to you by the Small Business Accountants and Small Business Financial Advisors. For all your accounting and financial advising needs, our small business is here to help you. Okay, so I think one of the major benefits um, of building a house is being able to choose your own floor plan. And especially in a seller's market, um, I'll I'll give my example, um, my personal experience right now. Um, We live in Memphis, Tennessee, so don't shoot me that this is a Canadian podcast and I don't live in Canada, but I do my research, okay? Um, (laughs) So we live in Memphis and right now the market is very, very hot here. Um, It's comparable to what I've heard about the Vancouver market or the Toronto market. Um, I've heard that the Calgary market is still okay. It's so hot. How hot is it? (laughs) It's as in um, we lost... So when I say we tried buying existing, we half bought existing, um, we put in 15 offers before we had one um, accepted. Um, And some of those 15 offers were beat out by six cash offers um, at once on one single house. Um, So, I mean, how do you beat that as a lender, um, as a first time home buyer? Um, so we started writing letters and sending in pictures of our cute baby and that didn't work either, but we finally had an accepted offer. Um, and we did not waive our contingencies. We had, um, we had the inspection done. We had the appraisal done and five days after the appraisal, um, which was right around Christmas time the seller came back and said, no, we don't want to sell to you because the appraisal came back way lower than we wanted. Um, And so that's how we half bought a house. We went through all the steps (laughs) and then we didn't get the house. Um, And anyway, so that was back in December. And so 
we decided, okay, we just need a roof over our heads. So we signed a lease and we started renting again. We kept renting. Um, And then a few months later, we decided to start looking again. And again, we put in, I mean, like six or seven offers on these houses. Um, And again, we were beat out by cash offers. Like this is how hot the market is. And um, if you're familiar with the South in the United States, it is very relatively cheap to live here, um, or it was before this happened. <laughs> um, and so anyway, we decided to give up on trying to buy a house, an existing house, um, because our realtor said that if we wanted to buy a house, we had to waive at all contingencies. Um, and we didn't want to do that. We felt like uh, nope, we need an inspection. I need to know if there's a hole in the roof. <laughs> I need to know if the AC works. Um, you know, so we decided to go ahead and build a house, um, which right now we have about, they told us eight to 10 months for building. Um, and of course, lumber is more expensive right now, but so is the housing market overall. So, building a house cost just as much, in fact, maybe even less than buying an existing home, despite the lumber cost, um, just because the existing home market is basically, if you want to get in, you have to offer $50,000 over asking price. You have to. Um, and so we were able to get in and build. Now, the nice thing about building, I think, is that um our price of our home is locked in. So we will pay that price no matter what. Um, Within a month of signing that contract, the price of our home actually went up another $10,000, which means that if we had waited another three weeks, we would be paying an extra $10,000 to build that house. Um, So that's good news for us that we've already been locked in to the price that we're at. And hopefully, over the next eight months, things continue to move in our favor. But again, we don't have a crystal ball, so you just never know. Which is one of the cons of building, I think, is that it takes way longer (laughs) than buying an existing home. So another thing you have to look at, too, and consider, because when people buy a house, an existing house, you know, What's the insulation like? What are the windows like? What is the door ceiling like, sealant around the doors and stuff? And and so, you know, people going into a house might go, oh, that's a single pane window. Do they even look? No, they just see a window. There's a window there that has glass in it. Perfect. I love windows because then I can see out. But do they realize that, oh, if it was double pane, that'd be better. If it was triple pane, that'd even be better. If it had UV protection, that'd even be better. So when you're buying an existing home, you really need to pay attention to the nitty gritty, not just, ooh, I love this floor plan. We should buy this. It should be, okay. So, and I know it's hard when it's a seller's market because everybody else is competing against you. Mm-hmm. But... In a buyer's market or when you're building, that's when you're like, okay, what are the windows? What are our options for windows? You know, 
I want to have triple pane windows because they're more efficient for keeping the cool air in or the hot air in depending on the season. So, you know, all those types of things. I don't want drafty windows. I've been in houses that have drafty windows. It's a pain and you're forever chilly. Right. Well, and with that, newer builds are going to be more energy efficient. They should be. (laughs) Otherwise, you should switch up your builder, right? Because we live in a society where we're trying to become more energy efficient. And that is going to save you so much money. Um, we, We used to rent an apartment that had a Nest thermostat. And guys... Like I should become a Nest thermostat salesperson because it was amazing and it saved us so much money. Now we rent an apartment that has a regular like 20 year old thermostat and it's terrible. It's, (laughs) it's so terrible. It is the worst. Like I can't, I can't just, um, turn it off from my phone for one or like turn it off for the whole time we're on a vacation or, you know, um, it's more energy efficient. Like we are moving in this direction to be more energy efficient. But yeah, so you do want to be watching for that if you can. But again, like in a hot market, that's why we decided to build. That's why I felt like it was beneficial to build versus buy an existing home is because we could pick those things. And the house that we were supposed to buy back in December, <laughs> um, when when they when they did the inspection, they actually discovered that we would have to replace the windows. Um, and, you know, that was something because it was cheap enough that we could afford that. Um, it was something that we were okay with. And also because it is a seller's market. <laughs> if we told the seller to replace the windows, he would have said, nope, fat chance. And now I'm looking back thinking, wow, we maybe should have done that before we paid to get the appraisal. And they said no anyway. But, you know, it's kind of, it's give and take. You, you just kind of have to look at what you need. Like some people just need a roof over their head. And so, you know what? It's getting in. And really, you know, we had this conversation before about buying versus renting. It's always better to buy. Yeah. You know, unless you're short term in some place. But buy because then you're growing that nest egg. Because that value, that property value will most likely go up. Yeah, there's going to be, you know, who knows if there's a housing bubble right now or, or not. But, you know, that value will go up. Maybe not this year, next year. But... 10 years, it'll go up. So if you're in a place long-term, buy. Now, existing versus building, you know, that's going to be a challenge, right? Like we could have bought a ready-to-move-on home, you know, that was 2,000 square feet or whatever and and move it on to a, a basement or a slab or what have you. And, you know, we didn't want to do that because we wanted to have our floor plan. We have a plan in mind of, what we want in a house and how we want it and specifics like we want specific things in specific areas and so we can't just do that with a floor plan that's just already there and you know we're not even going to have natural gas to this place we're going to do geothermal hopefully that's a good decision we will see but you know it, it it's something that 
you know, you got to really consider and take an objective look at it. Because most of the time when we purchase anything, whether it's a house or whether it's a car, anything, doesn't matter what it is. When you purchase something, there is always emotion involved. And you really have to cut the emotion out. And you know what? We really want our house. We love our house, the floor plan anyway, of how we want to do it and what we picture ourselves in it. But with the prices the way they are, maybe that's not going to happen for a year or more because it's just too ridiculous right now. And maybe it just doesn't make sense. And so, you know, currently we're living in our RV. And so might be spending the winter in good old Tennessee just because, you know, we've got to see that cute little granddaughter of ours. But Well, and we'll have a spare room. Perfect. But you know what, you know what I mean? There is, you know, you have to take the emotion out of it and honestly talk to friends, talk to family as much as you don't like our opinions all the time about, oh, you're going to buy that car. Why would you buy that car? That's, that's a, that's the worst make and model of vehicle ever. Yet you love it, right? And so you don't want to hear those opinions, but really everybody needs to take those opinions into account. And if they're valid, not just, oh, I like this model better than this model, or I like this manufacturer better than this manufacturer. Those are opinions generally, unless they've got facts to back them up. But, you know, like, why would you buy a Jeep? You know, Jeep stands for just empty every pocket. (laughs) Don't tell my husband that. Right? Because they're so expensive to maintain and fix because they're pieces of garbage. But anyway, you know, so, (laughs) right? But that's my opinion. That's your opinion. I have no facts behind that. Well, and like my husband's opinion is the total opposite and he has owned a Jeep. Right? There you go. So. So you really have to kind of look at everything and really... You know, especially those close to you, family-wise or whatever, even friends, and go, is this a good purchase? Mm -hmm. You know, and you might not like what they have to say because you're already emotionally involved in that process. But I think with a, a large purchase, such as a house, um, you need to also be looking for the expert's advice. Um, you know, um, I mean, I know people in Utah who were like, oh, the market's going to tank. Housing prices are going to be steady or they're going to go down. And now houses are literally twice as much as they were five years ago. And so you need to be looking for educated advice and not just anyone's opinion. And are you buying an are you buying a house for an investment or are you buying a house to live in for a long period of time? Most people are buying it to live in for a long period of time. If you're buying it as a rental, then obviously you're buying it as an investment and you want to have that grow. And so you're kind of playing the housing market that way. But otherwise it's like 
what does it matter what it costs? If you can afford to get into that and that's what you need, not necessarily want, but need, then get into it. Right. And so you live there forever. And if the housing market goes down, who cares? You're not selling anyway. You just pay less in property taxes. Well, right. (laughs) Well, and I think it's important to consider um, renting. Like right now at this time, if you're going to buy a house and maybe it is a starter home, maybe consider that renting it out eventually is a possibility, right? Because you don't want to get into that starter home and have the market dip or level off into a buyer's market. Like, I mean, even if the price of your house doesn't go down, if it becomes a buyer's market, it's going to be harder to sell the house regardless. Um, And so maybe are you ready to be a landlord? right? Like if push comes to shove, can you rent out that house? Yeah. And hopefully you've made decisions that you are not maxing out your debt levels where that's not a concern for you, right? Because if you buy into a house where you still have plenty of room in your debt to equity ratio and what you're making and stuff, then, you know, this shouldn't be a problem. Right. Where you can turn around and rent it and buy or build something else for your family, whether it's growing or, you know, if you're downsizing, whatever. Well, and along with that too, um, watching out for like, okay, if the bank approves you for 500000 maybe don't buy a $500,000 house. <laughs> like. You know, you don't want to be maxing that out. No, because most people will try to buy the $505,000. Well, and you don't even want to go close to that, right? If you're approved for $500,000 and you can get a house for $400,000, buy the house that's $400,000 that fits your family and your needs. What did I say What did I say before? How much should you be paying on your housing costs? What did I say in another episode? Do you remember? No. 25%? 25%. You betcha. is what you should be paying for your housing costs of what your income is. If you're paying more than that, then you're overextending yourself and you're just not, you won't have the ability to save or Mm -hmm. do any of that stuff. So, you know, make sure that you're, you're not getting too emotionally attached to some, you know, grandiose mansion that's 600,000, but the bank's only approved you for 500 and you're going to, beg and plead everybody to lend you a hundred grand so that you can get this place. You know, I was just thinking though, our friends in Toronto or Vancouver are probably laughing at us because 600,000 doesn't get you a mansion. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. That gets you this little like thousand square square foot bungalow. Right. So it does, it, it depends on your budget, your needs and, you know, definitely your income. Just be smart about it. Thank you for coming on and talking about the pros and cons of buying an existing home versus building a house with me today. Don't forget, have a budget. Stay below the budget. (laughs) (laughs) That's important. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to Dad on Money. I'm Stephen Williams, and you can find me at smallbusinessaccountants.ca. And I'm Jerrica Dennison, and you can find me at she has a name too on Instagram. Alex popping in here at the end to do the credits. Thank you for listening to Dad on Money. Thank you to my sister Jerrica and my dad Stephen for hosting today's episode. I, Alex Williams, was the editor. If you want to find the rest of Mecco Radio's shows, you can go to meccoradio.com. That's M-E-C-H-O radio.com. And of course, Dad on Money is brought to you by the Small Business Accountants and the Small Business Financial Advisors. You can find links to them in the show notes. The music in this episode was made by Ian Post. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week.